sermon this morning is on 1 Kings 18, verses 41 through 46. It's a sermon on prayer. And prayer is something that I often hear people lamenting about their inability to pray or their difficulty that they find in praying. Uh, that it is a discipline that is hard to pursue consistently. Well, of course I can't preach about prayer without telling you to pray. But I hope that this will be a real encouragement to you to pray, not simply a, come on y'all, why don't you pray sermon. But really, that is where we have to start. Why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? If you don't understand why you don't pray, it's going to be hard to solve the problem, isn't it? Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Now Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, go back seven times. It came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower does not stop you. In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went up to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and outran Ahab to Jezreel. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Now, I know you all want to know about that last little bit, he outran a chariot. That's pretty cool, isn't it, kids? Have you guys ever seen a movie that had a chariot race in it? You ever seen a uh, horse pulling a little uh, cart in a race? What are, those, what are those horse races called? Does anybody know? Are they, where they're pulling the little little cart behind them? Nobody knows, that's okay. How fast do they go? Do, do horses go slow? Or do they go fast? That's right, they go fast. Good answer. How would you like to run faster than a horse pulling a chariot? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? 
All right, well, we're not talking about that this morning. Sorry. We'll have to, we'll have to come back to that one next week. This morning, I want to talk to you about prayer. As I said, I want us to learn to pray like Elijah. Pray like Elijah. And so I want to point out a number of things that we see in this passage and also elsewhere in Scripture about Elijah. We read James 5, parts of it earlier, where we are urged to pray. And where Elijah was mentioned in the end, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the earth poured forth rain, and food grew on the earth. So Elijah is commended to us as an example of prayer and how we are to pray. So let's look at what we see in this passage where that story is told of how Elijah prayed. And the first thing that I want you to see is that Elijah prayed even though he already knew God's will. We go back to the beginning of the chapter, 18, verse 1. We read, now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the face of the earth. Why in the world would you bother praying when God said he was going to send rain? You don't need to. Isn't that the way we think? Oh well, we know what God's going to do so there's no... There's no point in praying. Prayer is pointless once God has said what he's going to do. Not according to Elijah. So if Elijah has been commended to us for praying, the first thing we have to realize is we are to pray specifically for what God has said he will do. Even though we already know his will, we're still supposed to pray for it. In fact, is there any doubt when we have been taught by Jesus to pray, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. When we know God's will, and we know that He is going to bring it about, we're still supposed to pray for it. That's what Jesus says. That's what Elijah does. God says, I'm going to send rain. And Elijah says, God, please send rain. Is Elijah silly? Now, Elijah knows 
power of prayer. And so he prays, not even though he knows what God is going to do, he prays because he knows what God is going to do. He prays for God's will to be done. God said, I will send rain on the face of the earth. Elijah said, God, send rain on the face of the earth. Please. God has said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I know you need clothes. I know you need food. So why are you worried? Now pray and ask God for food and clothes. Isn't that interesting? God knows we need it. He's told us not to worry about it, that he'll provide it. And then he says, pray and ask me. See if I don't open up the storehouses of heaven for you and pour down abundant gifts on you. Just see, test me now in this. Let's let's see if you pray whether I'll answer. That's a command from God. What do you think is going to happen? He said what he's going to do. It's it's not just a test and well let's find out. Who knows what's God what's God's going to do? Maybe Maybe he does do something like that. No, no, he has said he, he does. He has said he will. He's given us his promises. He said, does anybody lack wisdom? Let him ask of God. He said, I'm going to send my son back. And we pray, Amen. Send your son back. Come, Lord Jesus. Right? Elijah knew what God was going to do. He knew God's will And he prayed. He prayed. And what did he pray? He prayed God's will. Now, that's what I've been saying, but I'm coming at it from a different angle now. Because what I want you to realize is the temptation to pray against God's will. Think about being Elijah when God first sent him. What would be the temptation? I'm going to have you pray and there's not going to be any rain and there's going to be famine in the land and many, many people are going to suffer. People will starve. Crops will fail. Cattle won't have enough water to drink. What are you going to pray? Well, what kind of man are you? 
the one who would rebel against that idea that God would judge his people this way and pray against his will. See, I think that the temptation is always there for us. Although we know God's character, although we know who He is and what He has said He will do, the temptation is that we want something different than what God wants, and so we decide we're going to pray against Him. Or maybe, maybe you're not the kind of person that would pray that God would send rain before the showdown with Baal. Maybe, maybe you're the kind of person that isn't more gracious than God. Maybe you're the kind of person that's more just than God. And so after all of the people have been of two minds and after the prophets of Baal have been struck down and after God's power has been displayed on the mountain, you don't really want to pray for rain. No, God, let them suffer a little bit longer. You know they deserve it worse than this. You see, we always are tempted. Tempted to pray against what God has said. Now, praying for God to be gracious is good because God is gracious and He has said He will be gracious. And praying for God to be just is good because God is just and He has said that He will pour out justice. And so, there's no problem praying for God to be gracious. There's no problem praying for God to be just. But you see how we can turn His character, who He is, against Himself and, and try to twist His will. I want you to think about being Elijah. What are you tempted to pray instead of what he did pray? Elijah prayed God's will. Your will be done. 
And he knew that the time had come for it to rain, and so he prayed, God, now send rain. But he didn't just pray once. He prayed with persistence, didn't he? You see him up on the top of Mount Carmel, crouched down on the earth with his face between his knees. Not the position we generally think of with the prophets, right? When you've seen illustrations in children's books of Elijah on Mount Carmel, what has it been? Staff raised, arms up, calling down the fire of God to consume the sacrifice, right? Never in the picture books do they have this. What a boring picture. Could all you kids see? You couldn't see? You need me to do it again? This is what he did. He went down. Aunt, can you see me now? No, here I am, down here. Okay, down. All the way down, head between his knees. I can barely get mine there. Probably you kids can do it easier. And that's how he prayed. And he spent time there. He didn't just go down quick for a little bit and then pray and then hop back up. I, oh, I hope nobody saw me. He went down and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. He prayed and he sent his servant, go, go check. See if there's any rain coming yet. And the servant came back and said, no, there's not. And, and right then, what's your temptation? Well, I guess prayer doesn't work, I'm going to quit. Isn't that, isn't that our temptation right then? I, yeah, I tried praying once. And it didn't do much for me, so, you know, I'm kind of I'm done with it. I mean, when I really, really need to, yeah, I, I'll pray again. When God drives me to my knees with a hand that presses me down, yeah, then I pray. But I don't voluntarily go to my knees easily. Elijah sent his servant back seven times. Go see if it's raining yet. Go see if there's any clouds on the horizon. Go see if you see any rain coming. you imagine being the servant? I just ran up the mountain. All right. And then, you know, I... I, yeah, I, I can see something. Rub my eyes. Make sure it's not a floater. Yeah, I see something. There's something out there. It's coming. Go back and tell Elijah, I don't know if this is what he wanted. He's going to send me back again? I just see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah persisted. 
he prayed, God's will be done. And he prayed it, and prayed it, and prayed it. Isn't it funny? God answered immediately when when Elijah prayed that God would show who was God. Fire came down from heaven. There was no long wait for fire to come down from heaven. But now he prays for rain. And what? He waits and prays again and waits and prays again and waits and prays again. Seven times. Sometimes God answers immediately. Other times He makes us wait. But Elijah doesn't give up. He prayed persistently. And how did he pray? He prayed intently. I already went down on my knees and showed you the position. What does that position tell you about Elijah and his prayer. That he's humble, yes. But he's giving himself all to prayer, isn't he? He's not distracted by anything else. He is giving himself intently to prayer. He's praying intensely. Head between his knees. He prays persistently. He prays intently. I want to go back now and read a passage from earlier in 1 Kings. This is from the prayer of Solomon at the dedication of the temple from chapter 8. So just ten chapters earlier. Solomon is praying, and here's what he prays. He says, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain. Sounds applicable, doesn't it? When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you. Very applicable, isn't it? You're worshiping Baal. And they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin when you afflict them. Then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and of your people Israel. Indeed, teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain on your land which you have given your people for an inheritance. God answers Solomon's prayer in this passage, doesn't he? They have sinned against him, and the heavens are shut up, and there is no rain because they have sinned. And here, Elijah is praying the same prayer that Solomon prayed. 
God, they have seen your power displayed and they have confessed the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. That was the response of the people. Father, be merciful now and send rain. It's their sin that brought it, but they have, they have repented. They've turned to you. They've turned away from serving and worshiping Baal. Father, they've, they've declared that you are God. Send rain on your land. Your land which you have given your people for an inheritance. See, Elijah, Elijah isn't a man who is given to uh, what would you say? Skepticism and uh, cynicism. Is he? I'm tempted to cynicism myself. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Sure, sure. We'll give it six months and then maybe if I see there being fruit from this changes in your life that actually last for a little while, then maybe I'll pray for rain. Now, Elijah joins his voice to Solomon's and says, send rain, Father. Send rain on your land, the land you've given to your people for an inheritance. And so, What I want you to see is that Elijah prayed, believing by faith. You see this in the fact that he knows what was prayed by Solomon. He, he knows that this is God's judgment. He knows that God has said He will send rain. And what does he do? He sends his servant to look for the answer to his prayer. He, he sends his servant because he expects, he believes God is going to do what he said. And so Elijah is praying, believing by faith. And of course, believing by faith is the opposite of thinking that he has any special power or ability himself, isn't it? He prayed knowing that he was a normal man. Now, I know you might think, Elijah, a normal man? Come on now, pastor. But listen, I'm not the one who said it. God said it through his apostle James. We read it. He was a normal man. That's important for us to believe. If we think it's because Elijah was not a normal man, that Elijah was a special man, 
then what's the point of prayer? We can't expect anything to come of prayer for us. We aren't special like Elijah. You see, it's important that Elijah is just a normal man with a normal human nature like ours. A man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. This isn't the only place where we see Elijah praying. We saw him pray when fire came down from heaven. We saw him pray for the widow's son. And we'll see him pray later on in the coming weeks. In fact, we'll see him pray that God would let him die. We're not done with Elijah's story by a long shot, are we? But what I want to point out to you this morning is that Elijah prayed for the miraculous when he prayed that God would show them his power. And fire came down from heaven. But he also was praying for the common rain. Now, at that moment, on that day, rain didn't feel so common, right? But think about it. It's bound to rain eventually, right? I mean, it's rain. It keeps happening. Every year there's there's rain. The, The water evaporates. It's natural processes. You've seen the pictures. It's got the big water cycle in your science book, right? Water goes up. Water comes down. Water goes up. Water comes down. Rain. How could it not rain? It's gonna rain. Elijah prays for rain. Elijah prays that there would be food for the people. These things that we take for granted, I want you to see how normal they are to us. This is why we're commanded to be thankful and to thank God every time we eat. This is not just some man-made tradition. We pray and we thank God that there was water that came down and watered the crops. We, we, we pray and we thank God that we have food on our table. It's common. It's normal. It just happens, right? No. God makes it happen. That's the only reason the rainbow means anything. Because God promised that the seasons would continue. And that he wouldn't make it rain too much. So we get rain, we get food. We ought to pray for these things. Pray for the normal. It's very easy for us to think that there's stuff that you know you need to pray for because it's like 
so outside of our control, well, I guess there's nothing I can do besides pray, and so I will pray. I'm not a doctor when cancer pops up, you know, like, not much I can do but pray. So I'll pray. I'll pray about cancer. But food, I mean, I got to go to the grocery store. That's what I got to do. Running out of food. I can take care of that. I don't need to pray. I mean, even though I don't feel like I can take care of it today, I don't have the energy to go to the grocery store. We're out of money also. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's like, it's food. It's the normal. It's the common. It's the, I'm just, I'm not supposed to pray about that. I'm just supposed to do it. Figure it out. It's my responsibility. It's like rain. It just happens, you know. Don't have to pray about that. And so what do you think to pray about? Elijah prayed about the miraculous and the common, the normal, the simple. When I was in ninth grade, I went to a new school, and I knew some of the kids there, and this one kid who I used to know, um, man, he made my life miserable. He just wouldn't leave me alone. Taking my books, stealing my pencil, you know, just irritating, frustrating, slamming into me in the halls for no reason. When I'm walking, talking to a friend, all of a sudden, boom, knocked into the lockers. It's like, what did I ever do to you? So, you know, I, I, I just finally was like, I, I, you know, I guess I got to take care of this. So, <clears throat> I said to my dad, so, you know, like if I get into a fight at school, it's going to be okay, right? You know, he said, well, as long as you win. But, but why do you need to get into a fight? I said, this guy, he just, I don't, there's no way he'll stop unless I just show him he has to stop. Right? I mean, I tried ignoring him for weeks. There, there's, ignoring him's doing nothing. I guess I got to address it. The obvious and really only way to address it is to just pop him once in the nose. He'd quit. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't even a, a bully. You know what I'm saying? He, he'd, he'd have quit real quick. All I had to do is just pop him in the nose once. That would have been the end of it. And I'd have been suspended for a day or two probably, maybe three, maybe a week, I don't know. Solution. It's right there. It's obvious, right? It's just for me to take care of. So that night, <clears throat> there was an elders meeting at my, uh, at my house. 
I walked through on my way. My dad stopped me and he said, Hey, why don't you ask the elders your question? What, what should I do? I should just pop them in the nose, right? They thought about it for a while and uh, the consensus was, Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the most obvious thing to do. But, uh, but have you prayed? No. I mean, why would I pray about this? I got I to take care of it. It's my responsibility, right? You know, I mean, it's like my misery is all that's on the line. And, uh, you know, I, just, I guess I just got to take care of it. No, I didn't say that. I, 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 but isn't that the way we think? Isn't that? Well, this is just common. I, I, there, there's no reason to pray about this. It's just one of those things. Happens in high school, you know, people get irritating and uh, you got to figure out how to deal with it. So you deal with it. He said, well, you might have to. But why don't we pray that that young man would stop irritating you so much? Maybe you won't have to. So they prayed. Imagine in an elders meeting, how embarrassing, you know, taking up the elders' time with, eh, it's just this kid who won't leave me alone at school. What a, what a waste of their time. It's so beneath them, let alone beneath God. It's just, it's not worth, no, don't worry about it. Don't, it's not, let's not talk about it. But instead they're, all the elders are bowing their heads and praying that this kid would leave me alone at school. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing for so many reasons because it's just, you know, it's so... It doesn't matter. It's not like, he, it's not like I was getting beat up every day or anything. It, it, it was just an irritation. It's like a, a, a burr under... Your shoe, or, you know? And plus, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to pray about it and have other people pray about it because it's like, am I really that much of a, am I really that much of a pansy that I, I should have just taken care of it in the first place instead of talking to my dad about it, you know? The elders are praying. And I'm standing there in the room with them feeling conflicted. Like, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's good to pray. I, I don't know. I'd rather them not. Can I just go now? No, I guess praying is good. I'll... Then they wanted me to pray. Okay. God, please help him to stop. Okay, now I can go, right? The guy never bothered me again. One little prayer. Not in the slightest. I don't know that I ever had any other interaction with him. I had the same classes, walked through the same halls. Sat in the same rooms. He ignored me for the rest of the year. I never got to pop him in the nose even. 
I didn't have to. God answered my prayers. What a gift that is. That we can take big, important things to God and little, unimportant things to God. So what do you think to pray about? Little things, big things, take them to God. I'm going to tell you another story of answered prayer from my family when we were in the process of trying to adopt the second time, so we, we didn't yet know Moses, but that's who we were trying to adopt. We just didn't know it yet. In fact, he probably hadn't even been born yet when this happened. Because it took forever. It went on and on and on with waiting. Two years in, nothing had happened. Nothing had happened. And depending on the day, depending on the week, depending on the month, we'd get impatient or begin to wonder whether it was ever going to happen, grow discouraged. And so one, one time, Heidi particularly was very discouraged, wondering whether this was ever going to come to a good end that we would be able to adopt again, like we were planning to do, like we thought God had led us to do. And so, you know what she did? She prayed. We had a neighbor that used to go out running every day, and she stopped by. She knocked on the door. Hey, I was out running, and I found this $5 bill on the ground. And I thought, I'll give it to the Baileys. They can use it for their adoption. Two years in, to a $35,000 process, our neighbor thinks to hand us $5 on the day that Heidi prays. That's an answer to prayer, isn't it? You see, God answers our prayers in ways that we think, that's outrageous. Why would he, why would he work the world to come about in that way? God answers Elijah's prayer, not just with rain, but with rain, a gully washer, as they call it. Hurry up, get the chariot out of here before it gets stuck in the mud. It's going to be a swampy mess here. We haven't had rain in three and a half years, what are you talking about? Run! It's going to rain! You know what? Ahab believed Elijah at this point. Ahab does what Elijah says all through this chapter. 
God answers prayers. Little ones, big ones. So let's pray. Let's be a people who pray, who go to Him, who think, you know what, I'll pray about that. Who we won't be embarrassed to say, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. And then who actually do it. Who, who aren't embarrassed to say, would, would you pray for me to get sleep? Would you pray for me to feel good? Would you pray for me to stop sinning? See, little things and big things. Stopping sinning's a big thing, isn't it? Starting to sleep, little thing. Little thing that feels big. Stopping sinning, big thing that feels little. Take both of them to God in prayer. Let's go to Him now. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to read about Elijah who prayed to You that You would do what You already said You would do. Father, what a joy it is to read about Elijah who prayed persistently, who prayed intently. Father, help us to pray. To pray like Elijah. To pray about big things. To pray about little things. To pray trusting that by faith, you will hear us and you will answer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.